0: Welcome back to Talking Talmud. I'm one of your hosts here, Dana Ozban, here with my friend, Chavruta Ann Gordon. Our daft today, Masachet Nizarim, Daf Yud Gimel, page 13, where well, we're going to finish up our first parak, which is kind of unbelievable. And uh, there's actually two Mishnahs here as well. Well, actually, three, but we're going to do the last, the Mishnah of the new parak tomorrow. Uh, but I'm going to get started in the middle of Amud Aleph. And one of the things that our Mishnah that we're still discussing said was Amira. Uh, if somebody says, like a lamb, or like the enclosures, or like the logs, or like the fires, or like the altar, or like the hechal, or like Yerushalayim, even though he's not mentioning a korban explicitly, again, this is a nedrbai association, right? You're, you're mentioning things that evoke a uh, korban, and so therefore this would be a nedrbai association. And then the Gemara basically brings a mishnah. Which says, I'm not going to read the whole uh, bright, sorry, bring this whole price here, but it says Tana Imra Le'imra, Imra Kiimra, right? Like if someone says a lamb to a lamb like a lamb, dirim, ladarim, kadirim, or if somebody says the enclosures to the enclosures like the enclosures. So it's a little bit different. Our Mishnah had a formulation of kiimra kadirim, right? Let it be like a lamb or like the enclosures. And this brisa allows a formulation of a, two, or like it adds the, the these two extra ones with all these categories of a and, and two, and so the gemara then when it's uh, you know when it's done you know going through this whole brisa it basically says manch ma'ina to lo shani le imra li imra ka imra so who's the tana right who had been heard not to distinguish between. A lamb to a lamb and like lamb, Rabbi Mayer he, and they say that this is actually Rabbi Mayer, and so then they go on to explain a little bit more. How do they get to that? And some of the nuances around that. So I'm not gonna read that whole portion, but again, it has to do with the machlokas over the subtlety of language. You know, what preposition, or does there need to be a preposition there before that word uh, to anchor it? to say that it can be a by association or it's not. And this is, it's just so granular. Like I'm really taken in by how granular this all is in terms of language.
1: I think that's exactly right. I'd say also precision, right? It's not just at the level of which the, like the, the degree of granularity, but also if you mess that up, then you've said something different.
0: Yeah, exactly. You said something different and it doesn't count. So I'll go on to the next Mishnah, which is again going to do the same sort of thing. And the analysis the Gemara brings will be the same sort of type of analysis. Ha-Omer, somebody who says korban, ola, mincha, chata, toda, shlamin. Right? He's not, there's no the korban. It's just, he says the word, right? Sha'ani ochelach, that which I eat of yours. Asur, he's then forbidden to eat his friend's food. Right? Rabbi Yehuda mater, Rabbi Yehuda permits it, and the explanation that's given is because he doesn't say like a korban, right? He doesn't say kit korban. Ha korban, kit korban, korban, right? The one who says ha korban or kit korban or just simply korban, that which are each of yours, a right, is forbidden, okay? So they go through all those categories of ha korban, kit korban, and korban, again, would all be a La korban lo achel, but if somebody says le korban, I shall not eat, rabbi Meir Oser. Even, Rabbi Meir even says that's also a sor. And that makes sense when we look at that previous brisa we had, where Rabbi Meir allows all those variations there. And so then the Gemara basically wants to analyze this, right? Right, Kitani ha korban, kikorban, korban shul, le le stamatana Rabbi Meir. So, right, it wants to say that this must be, according to the opinion of Rabbi Meir, they try to figure out if this is true by bringing um, another brisa, um, and, you know, that that's essentially they really want to figure out who is giving all of these, uh, who is this Rabbi Mayer's opinion or isn't and what part of the Mishnah is. But again, it's paying attention to the subtlety of all the different ways you could say korban and what could you add to that word. And does that make it a valid neder by association or not? Again, a really granular and precise approach to language.
1: And the second mission on our Daf is no exception. Um, I will note that there's a third mission on our Daf as well, which we're going to defer until tomorrow because it's the beginning of yes, Parakbet. Um, and so we want to put it together with Parakbet. We'll deal with it in the context of Dafya Dalit. But the second mission here is a different kind of granularity. <speaking in Hebrew> So if a person says to, one person says to another, it is konam, right? Meaning I'm swearing off, right? For my mouth to speak with you, or likewise, konam, again, swearing off for my hand to work with you, or for my feet to my foot to walk with you. All of this is asur, meaning then it becomes prohibited for him to speak or work or walk with that other person, meaning this language works, right? To say, the the person who says, I am making this konam, I am making this forbidden to myself, that language will actually work. But now the Gemara on this mission is a very short Mishnah, as you hear. The Mishnah, the Gemara says, um, we have a contradiction here. So we say the the bright that the Gemara brings as a to point out a contradiction says that there are stringencies that apply to shvuot that do, that do are that are then applied or you know would not inherently be in the vows and there are stringencies that apply to vows that would not inherently be with the shvuot meaning as much as we might translate these words interchangeably certainly I have been doing so vows oaths whatever halachically there's a difference between a nether and a shvuot we haven't really defined them as different thus far. So it says what? And, but now we're about to right. What's the what's the stringency for nedarim? So it says that when you when a vow when a neder, let's use the Hebrew to be precise here, the neder takes effect with regard to a mitzvah. It will take the same effect, the same binding nature on the person. It's incumbent on them to the same degree that they would um, that it would go into effect for something that is optional. Um, we talked about we talked. You can take a neder or shvuah on the on the something that's already a mitzvah, and this says yes, a neder would go into effect. A shvuah apparently would not. The chomer b'shvuah. What's the stringency? String, excuse me, st- stringency for a shvuah. You can take a shvua, you can take the kind of oath that is called halachically a shvua on something that is in existence, right? That Yeshlo mamash means there is a substance there, and also on something that does not have a substance. came benedarim. But it will only go into effect on something that actually has a substance. Now, the Mishnah, right, was talking about a vow. And it uses the there right, in the context of konam on behavior, right, the action, the words of my mouth, the actions of my hands, my feet. So this is the this is the contradiction, because doesn't it, doesn't that break to say that um that a neder requires um actual some some actual substance to be the thing that you take the neder about, as opposed to the more abstract. Um, you know, activity, right? Where the activity itself is, you know, not gonna, doesn't, should not be able to accept nether. So, Rabbi Yehuda is gonna clarify, right? I'm a Rabbi Yehuda, but Omer, aser, pila di right? A person who says, my mouth will be forbidden with regard to my speech, right? Or my hands will be forbidden with regard to their and that's why the language of the Mishnah is referring to the body parts as the, the thing, the item upon which the nederet will effect rather than saying I will do this thing it's not about the activity it's about the body part that is now forsworn from not participating in these various ways and on this very short Mishnah which is Clarifies that yes, it's still true that a neder needs to have an object to take effect upon, and that effect and the way you word. Yeah. That's why I say it's a different kind of granularity. The way you word the forswearing either will mean it will take effect because you've you know sworn off an item, an object, a, a thing, or if you had said I won't speak with you, but neder as a neder, it will not take effect because. Because it's too abstract. It's, it's the activity. It's not the item. It's very, very specific. Uh,
0: you know, again, it's this granular approach to language. I, I, I just, it's, uh, I, I'm really curious to see how the rest of this masachat is going to unfold.
1: I would say also that this specific thing, this example of my mouth will not say to you versus I will not say to you is a precision with language that in this day and age, I think a lot of people are very sloppy about it, right? How many people, and I think we've mentioned this in the past, even on the podcast, where people say very casually, oh, I swear, right? Meaning, and again, I'm not saying that, but people do say these kinds of using words in a much less precise way, whereas if you were being precise about it, you would never say the word words, I swear, unless you were seriously taking an oath, right? And I think that's the same for many, many things where people, you want to, You want to say to somebody, but didn't you tell me X, Y, Z? And they're like, no, I didn't really mean it. You know, it goes with like, you know, I'll call you tomorrow after the date. And then the guy doesn't call the next day. Right. But he said he'd call tomorrow, but he didn't mean tomorrow. Right. He meant, you know, whatever, tomorrow, kind of whatever. Two days,
0: three days. Right.
1: It's not not precise. It's a word that 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 the listener might hear as precise. But we don't speak that way nowadays. And no. it's a really disconcerting, you know, I find myself walking around, maybe all of you are as well. I don't know about you, dinner. I find myself and I, I'm pretty cognizant of Nidarm to begin with. And I walk around now in the past, you know, whatever, 12 days saying Bleen neder, I'm not really saying that, Bli neder, like just in case.
0: Just, no, I hear it. This is definitely making me pay much closer attention to what language I use. Well, that's our DAP discussion for the day. Rank us, review us on all major podcasts. Thank you to and Michelle Farber for hosting us on the Hadrum website. Let us know what you thought about this DAP in our Talking Tom and Facebook page. And until tomorrow, go and learn.